Hello there, and nice to have you join me on today's podcast. Potholes. Relationship potholes. That's my topic. You know, we all are in relationships, and relationships have difficulties. Some relationships are bound to have difficulties, are predestined to have difficulties, or what I call potholes. Now, I'm talking today regarding marriage particularly. The potholes of a marriage. So for those of you who are considering marriage in the near future, this is for you. For those of you that have been recently married, this is for you. For those of you that have enjoyed a longer marriage and maybe have had some potholes, this is for you. So we're going to take a look at what are the potholes that threaten and put a relationship at risk, particularly marital relationships. Now, I'm often asked when I'm out socially to um, identify for people the primary problems that people come to a therapist to solve. And I'm often asked, you know, what are the marital problems of the day? What are the major marital problems? And they'll always guess it's money and things like that. But I take that opportunity to not only tell them what are the key difficulties and the, and the frequent difficulties that come to my attention. But I take opportunity to try to educate them a little bit on marriage and some of the favorable, positive aspects of marriage. So I use it as a ton of a teaching opportunity. I'm going to do that with you now. So when you take a look at potholes, here's the issues that come to my attention and um, are frequent in my practice. The pothole of one of a couple, the wife or the husband, coming from a talking family, but the other one coming from a non-talking family. So we have two people coming together into a marriage, with the background being a talking family, their background being a non-talking family, and then they're supposed to try to mix their relationship. And unfortunately, the one that comes from a talking family expects a lot of talking and engages in a lot of talking. And the one that comes from a non-talking family expects to go through life with very little talking, very little discussion, very little sharing. And therefore, we have now conflict. And often there are couples that just break down totally on this issue. If the non-talking person does not learn to talk, the marriage relationship is greatly threatened. It's hard for a talking person to learn how not to talk and to seek other people to talk to rather than one spouse. So in that kind of a situation, usually the onus of responsibility is on the non-talking party, the non-talking person. So therapy becomes a matter of communication. You know, how do you strike conversation? How do you develop conversation? How do you mature conversation? How do you see conversation like a tennis game back and forth? And how can you bring that about within your marriage? So that's the one number one. That's great pothole. Tensions galore over that issue. Here's the second one. Income differences. You know, if one of the uh, couple makes a considerable amount of money and the other one makes very little money, and sometimes you even see it as the other one making no money, not even working, bound to be trouble. There's kind of an expectation then that the person who makes the most amount of money pays the greatest amount of the expenses of a marriage, and somehow is supposed to chip in kind of more than anybody else. Well, 
those expectations are false and they often lead to trouble. So the differences of income are certainly uh, one, certainly one thing that threatens a relationship uh, right to the core. You can't go on in a marriage, in a relationship, when one is not contributing and the other one is contributing substantially. Very shortly, there's going to be tension and there's going to be an explosion by the one who makes the money against the person who does not make the money or makes very little. So watch your income stream. Look at the income stream, the potential income stream, before you're married. Okay, now here's another one, um, educational differences. You know, if one person has a master's degree or a doctorate degree or certainly an undergraduate degree, and the other one only has a high school degree or maybe sometimes not even a high school degree, maybe just a high school diploma, I mean a um, certificate, a GED. There's a great deal of educational difference. And that means that the person who's educated kind of has a different group of friends, has a different way of thinking, has a different interest to develop different topics to engage in conversation. Maybe curiosity, intellectual curiosity, maybe intellectual creativity. Want somebody that will engage in a stimulating discussion and a stimulating lifestyle with them and seeking new opportunities, new learning, new places, travel, and so on. But if a person is not educated or very little educated, may not have those kind of interests, may not have those kind of desires, and therefore, you have one that has a desire for something more and greater, and one has no desire or little desire. That tension will reveal itself very quickly in a marriage relationship. Educational background is important, and educational levels are important. And there should be a, com a common ground, a commonality in the educational level of a marital couple. That way they'll enjoy things together. They'll enjoy a stimulating discussion together. They'll enjoy going to concerts and going to museums and going to lectures and various educational opportunities together. But if you don't have that interest, then those kind of events are off the schedule. Here's another one. Faith differences. The Catholic that marries the Protestant. The Protestant that marries a Jewish person. The uh, individual that has no religion marries somebody with a faith, with a deep faith, maybe. And now here they are trying to put together a marriage and put together a family in which faith is in conflict one with the other. What do they do on Sunday? Where do they go to church? How do they worship? How do they develop a faith in each other? And how do they develop a faith in their children when they're in different arenas and different ways of having faith and exercising faith and, and uh, being part of a faith community? How do they incorporate friends from one faith into their relationship or, faith from or friends from another faith into their relationship? That kind of mixed message and that mixed relationship over faith can threaten a marriage and very much threatens a marriage. Obviously, there are a lot of people that marry who have different backgrounds in faith. And there are different faiths that, even though they're different, there's a lot of similarities. So can you find common ground? But the important thing is that, not just where you go to church, 
but how do you develop a faith? And how does the husband develop the faith of the wife? And how does the, faith, the wife develop the faith of the husband? How do they work together to develop their mutual faith and then the faith of their children? You know, here's another one. What about the uh, boy who's mother's boy? What about the little girl who's daddy's girl? And then they marry each other. So you have one who's expecting to be treated as mother's girl and the other one being treated as daddy's. I mean, you get this kind of expectation that you'll be treated well, you'll be treated kindly, you'll be given consideration, you'll be given excuse, you'll be able to excuse yourself for things that you've done and overlook and not be responsible because somebody will bail you out. So there's always that expectation that if you have a financial problem, somebody will bail you out. If you have any other kind of problem, somebody will bail you out. Somebody will always take your side. The mother's boy, he always expects mother to take his side. Daddy's girl always expects the dad to take her side. So when they have difficulty in the marriage, they seek the parent consultation rather than each other or professional consultation. So that kind of difference is a sticky wicket for marriages. Don't get into that kind of situation where you have these mother boys and daddy girl relationships because they are immature. They don't, they're not working together. They're working apart from each other. Something goes wrong, the little girl goes home to daddy. Something goes wrong, the little boy goes home to mother. Uh-uh, can't do that. It's not a, not a way to have a relationship. And then here's the last one, employment difficulties. You know, maybe one, and differences, maybe one has a professional uh, career professional employment, maybe uh, being a school teacher, maybe being a professor at a university, maybe being an attorney, you know, having maybe an engineering profession, you know, some type of professional orientation to, to their career, to their employment. And the other one being like a blue-collar worker or having a low-level payday job. Well, they're going to be trouble. Not only will the income be different, but the people they associate with and the way that they think is going to be different. The way that they come together and, and solve problems will be different. The people they consult, the friendships that they develop will be different. They'll be going off into two different directions. One will feel uncomfortable with the other. And it's always going to go back and forth. So employment differences really have to be taken into account because that often is associated with income differences as well. So there you are, you know, some marital potholes. And um, they have to be navigated. They have to be confronted. They have to be discussed. They have to be on the table. They have to be open for discussion, preferably before a marriage takes place. But certainly early in a marriage, when these kind of differences begin to show their ugly head and begin to break down the marriage and create conflict and create argument and create debate, and create ill feelings and hurt feelings and so on. So early on, these things need to be discussed. You be proactive. Know that there's going to be problems down the way if you have these kind of differences in your relationship. Know that there will be a problem. Don't see that, well, we'll get through it somehow and just believe that. Or that, no, there won't be any problems. We're too good for that. No, there will be problems if these difficulties are present in your relationship. So be very careful about that, okay?
Well, thanks for joining me, and I'm going to just bring to your attention Lehman Lock and Safe. Lehman is a lockman in town here in Fresno. If you have a lock problem, a key problem, call, call Lehman. Go over and see him. If you want a safe, he's got them for sale. So here we are. Here's the number. Give him a call. 559-228-1805. 559-228-1805. And um, he's a good man. He'll talk to you and he'll he'll help you. Uh, probably there's no lock that he can't deal with or there's no key that he can't make for you. So if you got that kind of a problem, give him a call and he'll help you resolve that problem for your life anyway. You may not be able to solve other problems for you, but you can solve that one. Anyway, bye for now and thanks for joining me.